just by way of a fun fact, that hymn that we just sang about the unity and growth of the church through the Holy Spirit is one of two hymns that are in the hymnal which have some tie to uh, my alma mater, the General Theological Seminary, and actually the alma mater of most of the former rectors of this church. Um, The tune is called Chelsea Square, and that is the name of the block in Manhattan. And to this day, if you send mail to uh, Chelsea Square uh, 10011, it will go to that block. And it has its own little numbers, which people don't often use these days. But that's beside the point. Just a little fun fact. But today is this day, as I said, that we celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is the birthday of the church. Of course, our greatest feast is the Feast of the Resurrection, Easter Sunday. And every Sunday that we gather together and celebrate the Holy Mysteries, we partake in a little bit of Easter joy. But today is a special day that we draw a very sharp attention to one person of the Holy Trinity. And you'll notice the color of the day has changed from the white of Easter to red. Red is used for feasts of the Holy Spirit and also for uh, martyrs' feast days. Pentecost Sunday is the only red Sunday Oh, the red feasts occur during the week, and so I'm, I'm sort of grateful that we have the Wednesday service here at St. Mary's because I have a lot of red vestments, and I never used to get to wear them <laughs> until I got here. But uh, anyway, the, this is the only red Sunday, and it is because of that fire of the Holy Spirit that we assign this color of uh, intensity and heat to, to the day. Now, the Holy Spirit is one of the three persons of the Trinity that in our particular tradition sometimes I think is a little bit left behind. Um, I grew up as, well, I was born as a Baptist, and then uh, during the uh, late 1970s, during the great uh, evangelical charismatic movement that swept the country, uh, my parents, as well as uh, many, many other people in our town and, of course, throughout the country, were drawn into that, and we joined an Assemblies of God church, in other words, a Pentecostal church. So in the name of that denomination, you can see where they put their importance. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. If you look at the name of a denomination, you can really see where uh, people put a lot of stock. We are the Episcopalians, and the Episcopate is uh, the order of bishops. We are led by bishops. It's a way of saying to the world, we are part of this uh, ancient tradition. So the Pentecostals, in their name, uh, put forth to the world that they are people of Pentecost every single Sunday when they get together. Uh, and it's a, it's a very lively worship service, uh, lots of uh, singing and clapping, a uh, sermon that can go on and on and on, depending on what the preacher is uh, inspired by that day, and lots of speaking in tongues, like we hear from uh, the gospel story today in John, of how the, the uh, people were uh, given the gift of the Holy Spirit, and were all talking in different languages, saying the same thing, but in different languages, about the great power of God. And in my church, uh, people spoke in tongues every Sunday, and uh, I remember praying to the Lord that he would not make me speak in tongues. Please don't. Please, no, not me. 
And that, that particular prayer seems to have gone answered. Uh, <laughs> I stuck, stuck to English, occasionally French, but uh, nothing uh, that needed uh, the interpretation of the Holy Spirit. But the way it works is that uh, one person in one part of the church begins this, uh, this speech, which is not a, a known human language, and uh, the, the music plays, and, and people pray and pray and pray, and, and then uh, they believe that the Holy Spirit sends a message to someone else in the congregation who then interprets what that person said for everyone else, and it's sort of a message from the Holy Spirit, from God, to the people gathered in that place. And uh, as I said, it, it's, a very, it's a very lively, very visceral way of worshiping God. And it appealed to a lot of people. Um, so in, in our tradition, we sort of reverence the Holy Spirit. We acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we recognize the need for the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. Because when we come together on Sunday, we gather as a group of faithful people. We gather as a group of uh, Jesus' royal priesthood. But uh, in the particular liturgy that we enjoy on Sunday, that is the Holy Eucharist, we have someone, namely me, who's been set aside in a different way, as a different kind of priest, who, through the grace of ordination, through the laying out of hands of a bishop, and here it is, the calling down of the Holy Spirit, has been set aside for a special task. And so, through my words at the altar, and here again, through the cooperation of the Holy Spirit, not because I'm anything so special, but because I have been set aside to work alongside with the Holy Spirit in this special way, we have put forth for us on the altar of God the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And so even though we might not speak in tongues and and clap and uh, sort of pass out and jump around in church, um, we, we do very much cling to the Holy Spirit. We do uh, acknowledge that the Holy Spirit works in all that we do. And it's not just in ordination. It's not just in the consecration of the bread and the wine. It is in holy baptism when you and I are made new in Christ. The Holy Spirit is operating there. It is in the sacrament of confirmation when we as uh, young adults or grown-up adults, make our profession of faith before God and the bishop and our assembled community. It is in holy matrimony. Like uh, yesterday, I was uh, uh, very uh, honored to uh, officiate at a wedding in New York City of Ann Stevenson and her new husband, Michael. Um, The Holy Spirit was present there and gave God's blessing to that couple. And it is when you and I go out into the world and do God's work. You see, it is the Holy Spirit who gives us the power and the sustenance to do these things. Because we all know, just turning on the news or however you get your news these days, uh, there is so much evil and so much darkness in the world. Yet again, there's been another shooting, this time down in, uh, in Texas. And it would be so easy for us to just want to curl up in a ball and just pretend it all doesn't exist and just say, make it all go away. We could retreat into ourselves. We could retreat into our homes. 
and we could retreat into our, our, our town, whatever, whatever you want to think of as a shelter. But because we are baptized, because we are confirmed, because we receive the Holy Eucharist, because the Holy Spirit is always at work in our lives, you and I are called, not just called, but compelled to go out into the world and do God's work. So whether it is our, our Sunday worship, whether it is something formal and sacramental, or whether it is something uh, less formal but still life-giving to another person, such as feeding them, housing them, clothing them, whenever we gather together and whenever we proclaim the goodness of God and whenever we do things in his name, it is the Holy Spirit who guides us and helps us and strengthens us for the service of God. You know, I, I love the, uh, the readings today, the, especially the gospel reading, when everybody is out in the middle of the street speaking in tongues and nobody knows what's going on. And of course, <clears throat> there are, uh, I'm sorry, not the gospel reading, the, the epistle reading today. There are those who uh, sort of, I guess, with a snarky, cynical attitude, assume that all these people are drunk. Oh, they're just filled with new wine, they say. Well, Peter says, they are not filled with new wine, for it is only 9 o'clock in the morning. And one of my favorite pastor jokes is that, obviously, St. Peter has never been to New Orleans. So there you got that one. Now I can never say it again. I've been waiting years to use that over again. Now you've gotten it. But you see how people misunderstand the gift of the Holy Spirit. They think, oh, it's some trick, or it's some, uh, they're faking it, or they're drunk, or something like that. But those are the eyes of the world. We have the eyes of the kingdom of God. And so we are called to see the world through those eyes, to see the world through the eyes of Jesus Christ. And in doing so, seeing him in each other, and especially in those who are least like us. It was a wonderful day uh, of unity, I thought, yesterday, as I'm sure many of you did. I, we tuned in and watched uh, the royal wedding, and we saw our own presiding bishop, Michael Curry, give a very stirring sermon that I doubt that St. George's Chapel has ever heard anything like. And I felt bad that they gave him such a flimsy little pulpit because I knew he just really wanted to, to pound on it. But, uh, but it, was, you know, it was shaking, and the candles were shaking and everything. Um, I'm sure he's used to something more substantial than that. But what a wonderful day of, uh, despite the the darkness that goes on in the world, of feeling a unity with with friends and uh, other nations. And it really was, I thought, a glimpse of what that unity that the Holy Spirit brings to people. Though we may speak in different tongues or use different idioms or have different styles of preaching, depending on where we are, we are all one in Christ, united by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let us give thanks today for this spirit that is at work, even especially in the Episcopal Church, where every Sunday we've witnessed the power of uh, the Holy Spirit, and every day as we go out into the world and share God's love with each other, we are instruments of that power, that power of love, the love of God through the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you.